You are listening to the Succession Link Get Connected podcast. Succession Link is the leading networking and communication platform connecting financial advisors who are interested in buying, selling, merging, and finding succession planning options for their practices. Please welcome the host of Get Connected and co-founder at Succession Link, Phil Flakes. Welcome back, and thanks again for joining episode number four of Get Connected. And again, I'm your host, Phil Flakes. This is the podcast show committed to helping financial professionals on their journey to buy, sell, merge, and network effectively on the Succession Link platform. And so last week was an exciting week here at Succession Link as we had a great networking event in Boston, Massachusetts. And I want to thank the 40 plus current and prospective members of the Succession Link community that attended, as well as the Master of Ceremonies, Scott Avery, the speakers and sponsors for the event, which included Altegris, Dreyfus Funds, James Alpha, Live Oak Bank, and United Advisors. And so that was our third event so far this year, and we certainly have plans to do a few more throughout 2017. So for anyone looking for additional information on upcoming networking events, certainly reach out. Historically, we have done them based on areas with the strongest member interest. So it's always good for us to hear from you to know if we should make it out to your city whenever possible. In today's episode is our final episode of season number one, and we're going to stick with the format that seemed to serve us well up until this point, while also trying to set the stage for season number two. So the opportunity spotlight for today includes featured practice listings from both the advisory and insurance side of the marketplace. The first practice comes to us from Lockport, New York, with $58 million in assets under management and over $485,000 in annual gross revenues. This advisor is looking to sell, merge, or find a successor, and the number of accounts that make up this practice is 480, and the average client age is 60 years old. The breakdown of commission to fee based business is 75% commission and 25% fee-based business. This is an independent investment advisor with over 35 years in the business, They are a portfolio manager with fee-based and commission business, looking for a current partner to work with clients and eventually take over the business. Further on the business mix breakdown, 25% is in managed money, 25% in mutual funds, 30% in alternative investments, and 20% in other. The clearing firm is first clearing. And the mutual fund companies are American Funds, Franklin Templeton, Ivy Funds, Lord Abbott Funds, and Putnam Funds. And the technology solutions that are utilized in the practice, the only one listed here is Advent. The next practice comes to us from Boulder, Colorado, with $180 million in assets under management. And the annual gross revenues is just over $1.6 million in annual gross revenues. The, again, the location is Boulder, Colorado. The number of accounts that make up this practice is 200, and the average client age is 70. The business mix breakdown, so fee-based business to commission-based business is about 68% 
commission-based business and 32% is fee-based business. This advisor is looking for an individual to buy the book of business and merge their business into the advisor's practice. So uh, anybody that is a buyer needs to have an existing book of business. Also, the ideal candidate should have a Series 7, Series 66, and health insurance licenses as well. Um, as far as the size of practice that the buyer should have or the ideal candidate to step into the practice should have, they should have about $20 million in assets under management, and they must be willing to join the advisor's firm, and therefore the advisor will entertain offers from across the country as long as the candidate is willing to move to the Colorado area to join the existing firm. More on the business mix breakdown, uh, 20% of the business is in managed money. is in mutual funds, and 20% is invested in annuities, 5% in alternative investments, 5% is financial planning, and 20% is listed as other. Some of the third-party money managers that are utilized in the practice are BlackRock, Davis Advisors, MFS Investment Management, PIMCO, and Eaton Vance Management. And the mutual fund companies, there's quite a few, but we'll focus on maybe the top uh, five or so. Uh, It's Allianz Funds, American Funds, BlackRock, Columbia Management, and Davis Funds. And again, there are several others that are in the practice as well. Uh, When you take a look at the show notes, you'll see a link to this practice so that you can obviously see all of the mutual fund companies that uh, make up this practice, or at least the mutual fund business in this practice. For variable annuities, uh, the carriers are AIG, Jackson National, and MetLife. And then the technology solutions mentioned here, only one is Morningstar. And then the CRM system that this advisor is utilizing in the practice is Salesforce. So again, this practice is in Boulder, Colorado, with $180 million in assets under management and just over $1.6 million in gross annual revenues. The next practice comes to us from Longwood, Florida, with over 450000 in annual gross revenues and $2.5 million in premiums. This agency is looking to sell or possibly merge, but certainly find succession and certainly find continuity. Uh, the agency, again, gross revenues are just over 450000 The average client age is 45. And if you look at the breakdown between the premiums to renewals, 85% of the business is renewal business and 15% are premiums. The overview of this practice is 25 plus years in business, 11 years as an independent. There are multiple locations. They are writing throughout the uh, Southeast. They have a concierge client service model and an innovative sales model. They're looking for a partner or possible multiple investors with capital infusion in exchange for equity in the business. The business mix further goes on to say that uh, just about 1% of the business is in life insurance, 29% is in auto, 55% is in home insurance, 14% is in commercial, and then there's 1% uh, that is listed here as other. The life insurance business is done with AXA distributors, Banner Life Insurance, Genworth Financial, Mutual of Omaha, and American National Insurance Company. The auto insurance is done with Chubb, Mercury, Progressive, Safeco, and Travelers. 
And then the home insurance is done with American Integrity, ASI, Bankers, Federated, Florida Family, Southern Fidelity, Security First, and that rounds out the list. The agency management system is Hawksoft, and for the commercial insurance business, uh, looks like they're using Progressive. The next practice comes to us from Bronxville, New York, and has over 300000 in annual gross revenues. The average client age in the practice is 50 years old, and the business mix is about 65% premiums to 35% in renewals. The owner of the practice is looking to sell the business, but they're willing to stay on for one to three years and help transition the business and grow the business. They are offering strategies based on their experience uh, that the buyer can certainly leverage as they dive into the book and look to grow it. Uh, This advisor was very driven, hardworking, held a CLU, a CHFC, and has been selling insurance for over 40 years into different markets. The business mix breakdown goes on to say 80% is in life insurance and 20% invested in other. The uh, life insurance is done with Nationwide, Penn Mutual, Prudential, and John Hancock. And the other insurance business is done with U.S. Life. Next, Jack Foote, Customer Service Manager at SuccessionLink, will explain the differences between the basic, light, and premier subscriptions and provide instruction on how to get signed up for SuccessionLink. Hello, and welcome to the introduction and overview of the SuccessionLink Marketplace. My name is Jack, and I will be taking you through some of the basics of how to get signed up on SuccessionLink and what SuccessionLink actually does. First of all, if you've already logged into SuccessionLink and created a basic free account, great. A lot of this is going to seem like it's familiar to you. If not, that's fine. Just go to SuccessionLink.com. And you can sign up by clicking on the link here that says sign up. When you're signing up, you might want to choose first which pricing level you're interested in. There are three. A basic subscription, of course, is free. But then it's free for a reason. It allows you to do searches. But it does not allow you to make contact with anyone that you find in that search. The light subscription is $297 a year. Premier subscription is $850 per year. And each has its advantages and disadvantages. Both light and premier allow you unlimited replies to messages. But light subscribers can only create three new ones per month, whereas a premier subscriber can create up to 30 new messages per month. Also, we're going to talk about this later when we talk about the types of searches you can do. One of those is the opportunity filters, the opportunity dashboard list. You can create up to three of those as a light subscriber. You can create up to uh, an unlimited number of opportunity filters as a premier subscriber. Okay, so what is Succession like? Well, first of all, it is a searchable marketplace. It would be fair to categorize Succession Link purely as a technology company because of that. Our platform is an online, searchable, peer-to-peer networking and communications platform that operates entirely on on an annual subscription basis and allows our subscribers to create their own profiles and then reach out to one another directly through our online searchable marketplace. But what we don't do is get involved in the actual transactions that take place between our subscribers. We're not a broker. We're not a consultant. We're not a, a player, if you will. 
we actually have no direct involvement in the outcome of any contacts that may develop between our subscribers. Because of that, we have no commission structure, only the subscription fee for Light and Premier subscribers. But also because of that, we have no way of offering insight into any of our subscribers beyond what each of them has already placed into their own online profile. A sign-up form is going to require you to choose one of two options. You can sign up either as a financial advisor or you can join up as an insurance agent. Either way, the questions are quite similar. Let's assume for the moment that you're going to sign up as a financial advisor, either a buyer or a seller, or you're looking to merge, or some combination or variation of those themes. When you're creating an account, you're going to choose what your goals are. Are you looking to buy a practice? Are you looking to sell a practice? Are you looking to merge a practice? Are you looking to find succession? In other words, are you looking to find a succession partner who would join your practice and eventually be offered the opportunity to buy it? Or are you looking for a continuity partner, which is almost the same thing as a succession partner, except that the succession partner is usually given a finite timeline. X number of years will pass before you're given the opportunity to make an offer on the practice, whereas a continuity partner would be a little bit more open-ended. He would be offered the opportunity to join the practice, but would not be offered the opportunity to make an offer to buy the practice until the principal senior advisor either chooses to retire or becomes incapacitated or ill or passes away. The last category, become a successor slash join a practice, is often misunderstood. What it means is, if I check this off, I'm looking to become either that succession partner or continuity partner at that other practice. I'm looking to join in and become a succession partner, to become a continuity partner. So keep this in mind when you're creating your, your new profile. You also notice that if I check off buy a practice, I'm automatically excluded from selecting sell a practice and vice versa. I can check off one or the other, but I cannot check off both. I can, however, check off multiple other categories, such as sell a practice slash merge a practice, which happens a lot. The next thing you're going to be entering is your CRD number if you choose to. And some of our subscribers choose not to enter that because if you do enter that CRD number, it will generate the name of your practice or agency uh, into the profile that you're creating. So others, others who are on the system will be able to see that. If you don't want that to appear, simply leave the CRD NPN number blank. Other factors here under your information are, that are not disclosed to anyone else are things like date of birth, first and last name, your email address, your office phone, your mobile phone, your website address. Any of these that are marked with an asterisk are required fields, but things like your office phone and email address are not displayed to the other subscribers. Even as a premier subscriber, when I look at someone else's profile, I will not be presented with data such as phone numbers or email addresses. Things like date of birth and website address, we use those internally only. Those are just for our demographic analysis and marketing purposes. Now, once you've filled out that information, you're going to fill out your company information. The overview field has virtually unlimited space, so you can be as descriptive as possible. We encourage you to do that. If you're looking for what to put in there, you definitely want to put in what your goal is by being on our, our marketplace. And you also want to include details about your practice, especially if you're a potential buyer. A lot of buyers seem to be under the impression that they don't need to put this information into their field, but consider this. This is a purely peer-to-peer -peer type of marketplace. When you're reaching out to other subscribers, whether they be sell or merge opportunities, they are evaluating you 
from as much as you are evaluating them. As a practical matter, if you don't put information like this into your, your profile, it tends to make your profile look rather incomplete. And the sellers or the merge opportunities will tend to pay more attention to more complete profiles and they will tend to ignore the less complete ones. So if you're going to be a paying subscriber, get the most for your money, as descriptive as possible in that overview field. We actually offer a separate 30-minute phone call for all of our potential buyers or potential sellers about what to put into that field. That coaching session is available for free, and if you go to our website and put in a support request to ask for one of those, you'll get back the information that you'll need in order to schedule one of those. You do have to schedule these in advance because there are so many of our subscribers who are asking for it. Broker-dealers. Well, you can put in your broker-dealer information there, but only if you choose to. You're not required to put that in there. Same for clearing firms and custodians. Things like the country, the street address, postal code, that stuff is used to present your information on a map. When we get to the part about marketplace map, you see what I mean. But it's not going to display down at the street level. It's going to be more or less at the county level that you'll be able to, to see a pushpin type map arrangement where it shows you how many of each category you're looking for are in that area. But it doesn't specifically identify your street address. Your street address is not divulged to any of the other subscribers. In your business mix information, you're going to put in things like your current AUM, your trailing gross revenue, and these are going to be used when other folks are searching for you, particularly if you're a seller. Buyers often express the concern that they don't want to put this information in there. But again, the less complete your profile is, the less response you're going to get when you reach out to others. Client age, number of accounts, number of households, that information is not displayed to other subscribers. We use that internally. But fee-based versus commission-based, and these do both have to add up to a total of 100%, that is displayed for all of our subscribers to see. The business mix and practice ratio mix information, well, that's kind of important in that those are fields that will be used to evaluate whether or not you're a potential match for the other subscriber. Be as accurate as you, as you possibly can. And when you're filling out these seven fields, keep in mind that they do all have to total up to 100. Information like third-party money managers. Well, you can answer no to that if it's not applicable. But if you do answer yes, you're going to have to choose from the list uh, or enter the name of that third-party money manager. Same is true of fields like mutual funds, variable annuities, insurance business, alternative investments, and so on. If you're doing succession planning, these are simple yes-no questions, but if you answer yes, you're probably going to get a lot more interest from your potential, uh, your potential sellers if you're, if you're a potential buyer. Options, RIA, plan, valuation, these are informational questions that we just want to know a little bit more about you. The technology that exists in your, in your current office, do you currently use a CRM system? Do you currently use technology solutions? You can answer no if you wish, but if you answer yes, again, you're going to have to choose from a, from a list or write in the name of the particular CRM system or technology solution that you're actually using. Now, getting down towards the bottom, there's a question about office space. Do you have office space available to share, and are you looking for office space? And these are simple yes-no questions. Uh, you can answer no to both of these. Down at the bottom, terms and conditions. Well, you do have to put check marks on both of these. You do have to agree to the terms of service. If you have questions about what the terms of service look like, go ahead and click on this button where it says terms of service. When you're doing your evaluation as a basic subscriber, keep in mind that 
you do want to do a few searches, and you do want to set up your own automated search agent, and you want to think about what it is that resonates with our system with how you would envision taking advantage of it. If you see something that you like, or if, for example, you hear something you like in one of those interviews, in those audio files, go ahead and read the articles in the blog. Find out more about what's going on inside the system. Do a few more searches and then make your decision as to whether or not you want to upgrade to, to Lite or Premiere. We look forward to welcoming you as any type of subscriber you choose to be, whether it's Basic, Lite, or Premiere. Thanks, Jack. For more information on SuccessionLink, please reach out to our customer service team at info at SuccessionLink.com. You may also sign up using the link in the description box below. Hello, SuccessionLink community. My name is Evie, and I am the head of operations at SuccessionLink. I would like to bring to your attention some useful tips and tools that you may or may not be aware of that are provided to you by SuccessionLink. Although we do not actively participate in business transactions, we at SuccessionLink make it our goal to ensure we provide our users with tools that will assist in the preparation to buy, sell, merge, and find succession planning options for practices. In this episode, I would like to address a frequently asked question from the buyers within our community. The question is, I have contacted a seller about my interest in their practice, but they have not responded. What can I do to get more replies to my messages? There are several reasons why a seller may not reply. One being, the sender's profile information is incomplete. Buyers need to include as much information as possible about their practice and complete all sections of their profile to increase their response rates. Some sellers have particular requirements, such as geographical preferences. In these cases, local buyers may receive higher response rates than others. Most importantly, if the content of the message does little to express sincere interest to the seller, the message may be overlooked. Let's compare two different messages from a buyer looking to acquire a practice. First, a message that typically fails to generate a response sounds like this. Hello, we are interested in purchasing. Can you reply with details? Or perhaps, hello, I have seen your profile several times and I wanted to see if you were interested in having a conversation about your practice and what you're looking to achieve. Although these statements are brief and straight to the point, they do not provide significant information to prompt a reaction from the seller. Here is a sample of a message that will be more successful at generating a response. Hello, we are from John Doe Firm, and we are looking to partner with other like-minded firms to capitalize on current growth opportunities. In the past year, we have added over $700 million in assets under management and approximately 600 new clients organically. Geographically, your location makes sense for us as we are in need of a local office to service clients in your area. If you have some time, I'd love to have a conversation with you to learn more about your firm and to see if there may be a possible fit. A message such as this not only provides a background on the buyer's practice, but also indicates the reason for their interest in acquiring the seller's practice. The buyer has identified their goals and indirectly acknowledged the information on the seller's profile by noting their geographic area which tells the sellers you took the time to analyze their profile. Since the demand for buyers attempting to acquire practice 
is much higher than the supply of sellers, the experience in the marketplace is different between the two. Sellers experience a high volume of messages from buyers inquiring about their practice. For many reasons, this is why it is important for buyers to make sure they stand out amongst the others. Here at SuccessionLink, we provide personal one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions to assist buyers on their approach to sellers and how to draft messages to generate responses. To schedule a one-on-one -on -one coaching session, please follow the link in the description box below or submit a request to info at successionlink.com. I hope you found this information useful and I look forward to providing more tips in the episodes to come. As always, thanks so much for listening to this episode and for helping make season number one of this podcast series such a success. We will be off for a few weeks before starting season number two, but during that time, we welcome your feedback so that we can make sure that the content really adds value to your experience on Succession Link. In season number two, we plan to have more episodes that include interviews with members, partner firms, and the Succession Link internal team. We also will continue to keep bringing opportunities to further engage with in the community to not only get connected, but stay connected. Thanks again for joining and see you next time and next season on Get Connected.